This week in agriculture, production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. Barge traffic on the upper Mississippi River shut down now for about three weeks. All locks and dams above Lock 17 will be closed for that three-week duration due to high water. That extends from St. Paul southward to New Boston, Illinois. The closure will impact the delivery of grain, soybeans for the export market, and northbound barges filled with fertilizer. Canadian farmers are expected to plant more wheat, barley, and canola this spring. The April Principal Field Crop Area Report from Statistics Canada says Canada's farmers will plant 26.9 million acres of wheat, 1.6 million acres more than last year. Included in that number was 19.4 million acres of spring wheat. That's 1.4 million acres more than last year. Advanced Trading Commodity Research Analyst Brian Basting said thoughts of improving field conditions and additional acres across Canada pressured that spring wheat market. And we got a long way to go. I don't uh, uh, know exactly um, how long it's going to be until obviously the soil is fit, but uh, that's one thing that's factoring in. Um, we're looking at some increased acreage uh, reported earlier this week in Canada. Uh, we're looking at um, some weak export sales continuing not only for old crop on, on wheat, but also looking at that new crop book. I don't have a breakdown of class in front of me, but if you have all classes together for 23-24, we've only sold 37 million bushel, a little over a million tons. That's uh, less than half of the five-year average. So not only are we looking at a prospect for a uh, more competition potentially here, or at least ongoing competition for, uh, for exports with Canada, we're also looking at a um, uh, very weak um, picture in terms of what's on the books already. Midwest Market Solutions President Brian Hoops says the grain trade saw selling pressure from a diff- couple of different fronts here this week. You have a delivery period beginning tonight and a first notice day. I don't know that we're going to see a lot of deliveries, but usually this does give us some weakness uh, going into that period and then a rally following. Plus, We've had a week of poor export sales plus cancellations of China that they had purchased previously. Now they're starting to cancel those purchases, and the market's not taking that very well at all. Um, It's always hard to get a rally while farmers are seeding their crops. And, you know, this is not a year that is going to be a record fast planting pace by any means. Uh, Emergence will likely be slower than normal, but we are getting the crop in the ground at a decent pace compared to the average. Bauer trading market analyst Ben Cash says that lean hog market seemed to be trying to bottom this week. Uh, you know, the feedstocks uh, are definitely supportive to the, to the livestock as well. And then finding some stability back in the equity markets is, is going to prop things up. We got, you know, we're just getting underway on, as far as the heart of grilling season in the northern hemisphere. Uh, so that also leans supportive for, for the cattle too. But wouldn't be surprised to possibly see uh, a pretty aggressive down day just from pure profit taking from the funds eventually but you know overall i still think cattle are very well supported uh, you know on the fundamental side agrisampo north america market analyst sterling smith says the cattle market did see a slight correction the futures market i think got a little bit a little bit ahead of itself uh packers have been unwilling to come in here and step in here and buy cattle and that in turn has, uh, you know, let the market ease, the cash market ease a dollar or two and the dressed market a couple dollars. 
you know, for the time being, I think this is just a quiet little valley uh, before the beat goes on and we start moving higher again with the cattle market. And that's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. You never quite know when the next storm is going to strike. And all it takes is for a little hail to ruin a perfect crop. But you can protect yourself with a hail insurance policy through Egg Country Farm Credit Services. The insurance professionals at Egg Country can help you customize a policy that will fit your farming operation. Protect your revenue today by contacting your local Egg Country office. Egg Country. Focused on egg. Focused on you. Serving farmers from Foston, Monoman, Ada, Crookston, and Thiefer Falls to Jamestown, Langdon, Devils Lake, Castleton, Mayville, and Grafton. This is the Red River Farm Network. Agriculture is big business, and we cover it that way with markets, market analysis, crop progress reports, USDA reports, farm policy, and trade issues. If it affects your bottom line, you'll hear about it on the Red River Farm Network. Go online or on your smartphone to rrfn.com. You can click on news, podcasts, radio stations, and more. A look at news this week in agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Whitney Pittman. During a House Agriculture Subcommittee hearing, Agriculture Committee Chair Glenn G.T. Thompson asked farmers to educate members of Congress about the importance of the Farm Bill. That's an, just incredibly important. Any way that you can to help us, you know, we've got a, a significant um, a significant number, over half of the members of Congress in the 118th have not been here for a farm bill. And, um, and quite frankly, some folks who have been, it wouldn't hurt to do uh, a little additional education with some of them. Farm leaders testified during the House Ag Subcommittee hearing and focused on the importance of crop insurance and a strong farm safety net. National Corn Growers Association President Tom Hegg, who farms at Eden Valley, Minnesota, was asked about his biggest worry. Taking tools away from us would be our, our biggest hindrance if they were to limit us amount of nitrogen we were supposed to be using, the amount of fertilizer that we are otherwise we're going to be putting on would be a major concern to the, the corn farmer. And farmers have made their voices heard on PLC and ARC program preferences. And the North Dakota State Farm Service Agency Executive Director Marcy Svenningson says farmers don't want to gamble on their insurance plan. I think as we've been listening to producers, uh, certainly in the county offices, some in our farm bill listening sessions. Uh, it would be nice if we could see the ARC PLC program uh, instead of making producers choose one or the other, gambling on their safety net. It would be nice if that was available so that it was all rolled together. The Farm Bill has historically been a bipartisan bill. Senator John Thune of South Dakota says this legislation requires different regions and sectors of agriculture working together as an industry to get the bill passed. The 2018 Farm Bill operated under a budget of around $800 billion, while this Farm Bill has been projected to cost around $1.5 trillion over a 10-year period. Thune says much of that increase is credited to nutrition programs. The big reason for the increase in the CBO baseline didn't have to do much with the commodity title or crop insurance or the conservation title. It had more to do with this, this decision that was made by USDA to dramatically expand the size of the SNAP program 
administratively. As you build support for farm bills, the you know one of the only things that gets the the east and west coast a lot of members who don't have agricultural districts to vote for it is the nutrition title. So that's always a balance again that you have to strike. North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum has signed a major tax relief package, including 358 million dollars in income tax relief and nearly 157 million dollars in property tax relief. Burgum did not get the flat tax he sought at the beginning of the session, but the governor called it a huge win for North Dakota taxpayers. Governor Burgum also signed into law House Bill 1371, which modernizes state law to better support animal agriculture in North Dakota. Burgum says the decline of animal agriculture in the state is hurting the economy, and with the addition of byproduct infrastructure, livestock feed availability will increase. And now the feed situation is escalating in terms of feed availability to feed animal agriculture because not only do we have this very strong and growing ethanol industry, we've also got now a billion dollars of soybean plants at three locations coming in our state, and all of those soybean crush plants are going to be producing soybean meal, and if we don't have animal agriculture, all that meal is just going to be being shipped out of the state to other places. So what were we missing? If we had the land, we had the water, we got the feed, we got the work ethic, the only thing that was missing was that we had restrictive laws that prevented farmers from having the ability to access capital and aggregate capital the way every other business does in the state. This has been your look at news this week in agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Since 1967, the North Dakota Grain Growers Association has been serving North Dakota's wheat and barley producers with representation, education, and proactive advocacy. Partnering with us means you are part of ensuring North Dakota's production agriculture remains a profitable endeavor for the men and women that work to strengthen the backbone of our economy. Visit NDGGA.com to join the North Dakota Grain Growers Association. You raise, we represent. Don't miss the dry bean scene every Friday at 1235 on the Red River Farm Network. Specialty crop markets are special and require more digging than corn, soybeans, and wheat. We do that digging by talking with numerous crop scouts, growers, and processors in the North Harvest region or wherever beans that affect local markets are grown. So follow the dry bean scene every Friday at 1235 on this Red River Farm Network station. The dry bean scene, brought to you by the North Harvest Bean Growers Association. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. While temps will remain cool this weekend, there is a positive weather outlook for the beginning of May from North Dakota Egg Weather Network Director Daryl Richeson. It looks much more promising than it has in a long time uh, once we get into May. Next week, we should see temperatures getting to at least close to seasonal norms, a couple of days even a little bit above. I doubt everyone will, but a few areas might come close to seeing the first 70 of the season. It should also come with sunshine. And so any sunny day, you can do a lot of A, warming of the soil and B, um, drying off that top couple of inches from the snow melt to get, you know, so you can get out into the fields. Really the first 10 days of May is lo- at the moment looking mostly dry. So all in all, I think that's some very good news. Richardson says as farmers wait for soil to warm up enough to plant, there could still be an issue with moisture below the surface and little precipitation in the forecast for the beginning of May. Most years, the snow doesn't penetrate hardly at all into the soil. This year, we did a little bit better than most springs, uh, mostly because we didn't have much frost in the ground over the winter. But last summer was, of course, exceptionally dry, as it was last autumn. So once you get down to you know, like 4 to 12 inches, 
down that level, that's where it's still dry. So once you get the crops in, you know, get into June and those ruts start the building down, if we don't get a lot of moisture, they are going to need a recharge there. But in the short term, most folks are just more concerned about the tops just to get out and planting. It's been nearly impossible to catch more than four days in a row of dry, warm, and sunny weather to help prepare soils for spring planting. Dairyland Seeds District Sales Manager Keith Rico expects farmers to be in fields in the next week or two. You know, uh, it kind of depends on this weather system kind of coming along, how we're moving, but, uh, you know, at this point where we're at now, if things change from this button on, you know, there are the guys in the Watertown area probably, I'd say, in the next five to ten days if the ground is rolling, you know, we've got some kind of slope to it a little bit, kind of makes a difference, and the guys that cut more flat ground, there's some flooding in some of those areas, but there could potentially be some stuff, you know, in seven to ten days, there's some small grain, uh, sometimes you got to warm up a little bit yet for us in general, but, um, when we get uh, west of Aberdeen, we could see some stuff there. It just kind of depends on how the ground lays, if it's soil type. Soil type base can get into turmeralis also. Lake Benton, Minnesota farmer Bob Worth is waiting for fields to dry out in southwestern Minnesota. I'm saying probably in a week to 10 days. Depends on what the weather does. You know, they're talking a little rain moving in, and it's just not getting very warm. And when we're sitting here at 41 degrees, uh, it doesn't dry and it doesn't certainly doesn't warm the ground up so anything will grow. Eggmarket.net market analyst Jacob Burke says planting progress in the tri-state areas of southern Wisconsin, northern Illinois, and eastern Iowa have been at a standstill for the past couple of weeks. I could say, you know, really speak for uh, just what I've driven through in the tri-state area here, you know, some of that western, uh, excuse me, eastern Iowa and, and the northern Illinois uh, it doesn't have to go too far from me right here in the southwest corner of Wisconsin to see quite a bit that went in the ground here, especially two weeks ago when we had some, some ideal conditions to to get started. We had, we had some late May conditions of that week, and uh, there was a lot in the, the northern Illinois part, some of this eastern Iowa stuff uh, that did get uh, But for two weeks or for a week and a half now, we've been pretty much at a standstill around here. Just the, the temperatures have just turned uh you know, that's 50, uh, you know, 35 to 50 is a good day and just wet and just sticky and just cold. And so there's, there's, not, there's nothing going in here this week. And that's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Outlook Herbicide from BASF provides superior control of the toughest weeds. I think this, these residual chemistries in sugar beets are the way forward because as we've seen this water hemp footprint grow, some of these fields, they get pretty pretty messy uh, mid to late season, and that's where this Group 15 chemistry, which Outlook is a part of, is uh, going to be very instrumental in producing this crop moving forward. That's BASF District Sales Manager Ken Dybert. See your local retailer or BASF rep for more details. Providing play-by-play for the business of agriculture, the Red River Farm Network. First time the oil industry has joined farm groups supporting the higher ethanol blended fuel. Also speaking at today's NDSU Extension Weed Plot Tour was NDSU Weed Scientist. The program is for farmers and ranchers who suffered livestock or feed losses. Say offices as details for phase two of the emergency. Markets, weather, farm policy. If it affects your bottom line, you'll hear it on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business.